Hi, and welcome back to Afternoon Bloom. My name is Rachel Helm, and today we're going to be talking about coffee cupping. I love this discussion. This is probably my favorite part of my job. Uh, as we talked about in the last episode, a lot of my job is super, super focused on the roaster. So when we get to step aside and work on coffee cupping, oh, nothing makes me happier. Uh the the breakdown of what a coffee cupping is, it's essentially just the purest way to taste coffee. And a lot of roasters do this. It's kind of like a ritual. You just do it all the time. And it, you also do it when you're deciding what coffee you want to buy. Uh, so you'll get sent lots of different beans, but you just don't know which ones you want to pick. So this is something you do to taste all the different coffees you're getting and see if you like them. You'd also do this... Um, when you're deciding roast profiles, you want to know what the coffee's tasting like, so you obviously have to get into get into practice with that. And it's just good for quality control. You want to know once you've picked a roast profile, you want to be able to come back and know how to taste the coffee, know what it's doing, just get the whole rhythm of what's what's up with those beans. So that's what it is. Uh, all you need for it, you're just adding coffee grinds to a to a mug adding some water. It's all very simple, very pure. There's no brewing beforehand. You don't need a lot of stuff when you're doing a coffee cupping. You literally just need a cup, a spoon, your coffee, and a kettle. Although I got into a discussion with somebody, we were planning an event, and I was saying we needed kettles. I was going to do a little coffee cupping and show them what what it means to do a, a tasting. And we got into this like battle about whether you could just use a, a pot on the stove and boil water <laughs> and, and we had this really like snobby moment where I was like yeah I mean just boil the water I, I didn't realize you had such a thing against kettles so uh yeah you just need a way to make some hot water <laughs> and we'll all get along with these with these coffee cuppings these are a little bit intimidating, I'm not going to lie. When you walk in to do a coffee tasting, a lot of roasters, um, they're, they don't call them cupping rooms. They're, they're labs. And it's very um, stark and it's very formal. And some, some roasters are so big, there's just one person doing cuppings all day long. So you see them with their cups and they're like spitting out the coffee and moving on to the next cup. And it's just this, uh, this crazy momentum of tasting and spitting and slurping. And it's a huge, loud mess. Um, I couldn't love it more, but <laughs> some people, it's, it depends where you go. So if you have a roastery nearby and they offer public cuppings, it's so much fun to go. You learn so much. That's the biggest thing we get with cuppings is when people come, they're so gracious and so thankful and so, um, they're just so excited. It's this whole experience they never knew existed and it's right at your fingertips so we just get all this love and uh just excitement from people when they when they come do a cupping and and I don't blame them I remember my first cupping <laughs> I totally changed everything for me and I hadn't even really started ro like I don't even know if I was roasting very much yet when we did it but we had a chef he's a he's a great friend of ours now we do a lot of events with him chef uh Stephen james and he he works at the london training center in london ontario he does this amazing amazing cooking program um and he had probably 12 
I could get the size wrong. It doesn't matter. There's there's probably like eight to 12 uh, students he had brought with him. And it might have been, I feel like it was probably my second day of work. Like I hadn't been there long. And all I knew was that a group of chefs were coming. And I was so scared. And something about me is I also absolutely hate being new at something. I mean, you're always a student in anything you do. But I hate that feeling of being so uncomfortable <laughs> and, and we're like we had this table full of all this food and just everything for your senses right because when you, we get into it I'll, I'll talk more about it but you're kind of tasting coffee tasting food and um we were a whole sensory roastery so everything we do is super hands-on so I remember being in this room and just the awkward intro of like here's Rachel it's her like first or second day or whatever it was and I just remember thinking I didn't know how far along they were in their course but I just remember thinking oh my gosh I'm here with all these people I'm working at this roastery and I don't even understand how to taste this coffee like it was just such a a horrifying moment and then you know we work our way through it there were greens we were going through different roast profiles I remember that we did a light medium and a dark and just to kind of show them the difference you can get in those those um, different roast profiles and I started to feel a bit better when like the chefs didn't know some of the food on the table <laughs> and that was oddly satisfying I was like oh my gosh they they cook and they don't know what's in front of them so if I roast I don't have to know what's right in front of me on my second day so I remember working through it and, and it's kind of fun because at the beginning I always have to think about that day when I was so paralyzed with this fear of unknowing or doing something wrong and so that's something we're, we're huge it's a huge thing for us while we host cuppings to remind people like you don't need an answer at the end of this you don't need to know everything by the end of this you can just say they tasted I noticed a difference and that's good enough for me so um yeah, before we walk in farther down that line, I had to just get that out of the way because it can definitely be definitely be scary when you first do it. So it's all about practice. Just like anything else, you're training your palate. You're noticing things you've never really set aside to notice before. So, And, and another thing is a lot of coffee on the market is burnt. So don't feel bad if, if all you get is coffee, you know, that you haven't been set up to succeed at this necessarily. So it's just kind of like stepping back exactly what we're doing here, breaking it down. Um, so we can all be excited about this just the way I am. So the things you're looking for in a cupping, the kind of the steps, uh, you'd add coffee to the cups and then we'd go over the aroma and the fragrance, uh, the body, the acidity, the sweetness and the aftertaste. So the, the aroma and the fragrance are pretty much just when the beans are like the grinds are dry and wet. So you, the first thing you do is you kind of smack the cup once the grinds are in. You just like smack the side of the cup so all those little grinds start like dancing around. And you stick it up to your nose and get all the all the aroma that's kind of coming out, you want to agitate it. So everything's kind of coming to the surface. And then once you've gotten a good idea, this step is super vague. Like sometimes right away you can smell a coffee and oh my God, the blueberry is just smacking you in the face. Other times it's just, I don't know, this smells like coffee and, and that's okay. We move on to the next step. So then we add our water and again, um, I don't care how you boil the water, but just don't add boiling water to the grinds. We just want that water to come off of a of a boil. So then you've added, you fill up the cup with water and we wait four minutes. 
And while you wait that four minutes, there's sort of this crust forming. That's what we call it on, on top of the, all the grinds kind of settle to the top. And it looks like there's this baked brownie on the top of your cup. And, uh, so you have to wait for that to happen. You don't want to move the cups around the table while this is happening. Uh, and then we have the fun of breaking the crust. So that's when you take your spoon at the top of your cup and you're just moving it on top of the cup back and forth, back and forth, kind of letting all the grinds settle to the bottom. And and you're just, all of the aroma's been trapped under that crust. So you just want your face as close as you can. You'd If you looked into the room, you'd see everybody hunched over with their noses over top of a cup, uh, just smelling everything that's kind of been trapped underneath. It's, it's so beautiful. And from there, then we get to taste. So um, I should have had a spoon with me so I can show you. Maybe Maybe I'll get a spoon to show you how this is done. Okay, we're back. We got a spoon. We're ready to go. So this is the one and only glorious time you can get away with doing this. This is my favorite part of a cupping because the whole room just gets so loud. Uh, but this is what it sounds like. This is how you taste coffee. I've shown Jacob that before and I've choked every single time I've shown him and it never happens when we're cupping but only when I've shown Jacob so <laughs> we both just looked at each other like yeah nobody choked <laughs> uh, so uh, by doing that you're aerating all the coffee all over your mouth so by slurping it and getting a really good slurp like you mean it 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 co totally coats your mouth with that coffee and it lets you know what it tastes like on the tip of your tongue, what it tastes like in your mouth, on your cheeks, how does it finish in your throat. And that's when we start getting picky and start making notes of things. So the body is essentially, it's just the way it coats your mouth. So something like, for an example, a light roast doesn't have a ton of oils in it, so it might have a really thin body. It might just totally you know, it's not very heavy, whereas a dark roast has a really thick body. So some people, when they look for a coffee, they're only thinking about body. And that's fine. I mean, some people really only want a good, rich, full feeling in their mouth. But um, yeah, that's what body means. It's just evaluating how it's coating your mouth. The next step is acidity. And acidity doesn't mean so much like a lemon, like your like it doesn't mean like that kind of sourness but it, it sort of can at the same time it, it's just it really just means that pizzazz in your mouth like the acidity in something if it has a good pop it's not dull it's not dead it's just like really giving you something in your mouth that's what we call acidity so coffees like fruity coffees will have lots of acidities light roasts often have great acidity um yeah so that's that's what that means next we have sweetness Sweetness is, um, sweetness is obviously, I'm just trying to, I'm like, um, how do you explain the most obvious of the things? It's, you know, how sweet it is. Some coffees can be bitter, some can be sour, fermented, underdeveloped. There's a whole list of options. Uh, so you want to, you want a coffee that's sweet. That's usually the end goal with, with sweetness there. And the last thing is aftertaste. So a great coffee should taste good in your mouth 
all afternoon. There should be no doubt about it. So aftertaste is a huge aspect of coffee and bad coffee. Oh my gosh. I remember the summer I worked at the law firm. The aftertaste in the coffee was what killed me. I remember some mornings I slept in late. It was like, fine, I'll just drink coffee at the office. And I, I didn't know it at the time, but I'm like, that's what kills me. I can suck it back. But the taste it leaves me with all afternoon is so atrocious. I I would only do it in my most desperate small moment, but the, that's what the aftertaste is. So all in all, you have these five things to look out for. And um, there's sort of these like scales when you rate coffee. So sometimes it's hard to rate a coffee because you're usually there'll be like competitions for light roast or a certain varietal or whatever, whatever, whatever. And it it can be tricky because sometimes you can have a beautiful dark roast and the bean has so much sugar. It's got the body. It's got the aftertaste. It has the sweetness. Um, you know, the aroma, the fragrance, everything about it is amazing, except, you know, there's no acidity in that cup. So it could lose a lot of points for acidity, but still be, you know, an incredible coffee. So that's why there's no right or wrong answer with coffee. There's sort of these guidelines that we follow in the coffee world where, you know, you want to hit those certain things, or if you're, if you're going into a competition, you want to check, you know, that you're not going to pick a dark roast if there's going to score high for, you know, body sweetness acidity that sort of thing so um yeah it's totally up to the person drinking it whether they they like it or not but cuppings are really cool for just showcasing how different coffee can be and playing with flavors and textures and things that you don't normally play pay attention to in a day while you're eating food and that's kind of fun because roasting and cupping combined have totally changed the way I look at things the tones of like the time of day with my yellow like I, I, you know, I just get so overwhelmed like this when I think about it because Oh, it just totally changed my life when I started learning about this. And it is such a skill and it's a craft and it's something you have to really work at and slow down and think about, oh my gosh, okay, I'm going to eat this little caramel candy and see how, you know, my mouth feels. (laughs) You just don't think about how sweet is this on a scale of one to 10. But the more you start to, the more fun you have with your food. And, And that first cupping for me was so cool because my whole life at home cooking everything changed so it was just this door right away that I walked through where I was having these conversations and we were sharing oh my gosh we're you're both me and you are tasting this together and you're sharing something special and um oh I I just I couldn't get more happy talking about it so yeah that's what cupping is uh the fun part for us as a sensory roaster is that everything we do is we just compare directly in front of us. So whenever we do cuppings, and we do cuppings every single week, we always have some sort of spread going on where there's, you know, a handful of fruits, some spices, maybe we'll bring some grasses and herbs and different things just to make sure we get the full range. Maybe a coffee went haywire and we're like, wow, how did we notice this was not so fermented before? And we have these tools right in front of us. Um, so there's this thing that the Specialty Coffee Association made, and it's this flavor wheel to try to help map out this whole sensory side of things because it can be so hard when you first start. Um, so they, they break down these little sections like, is it fruity or is it green or vegetative? Is it spicy? And then you break down into these subcategories and it's a beautiful color-coordinated wheel. Nothing makes me happier than good color coordination. So it's like, say you're thinking something's fruity. Is it citrus fruit or is it berry fruit? 
okay, if it's citrus, is it like an orange or like a lemon? And then you can eat those things and be like, whoo, a lemon. That's I'm not puckering like that, but maybe an orange or is it more like a tangerine or maybe just the zest of an orange? And oh my gosh, we go on for hours just, just playing with different foods. And oh, if we eat some of this brown sugar and eat a bit of that molasses, ooh, that's what that dark roast tastes like. And we just have so much fun exploring all these different things. And and then you bring it home, right? You don't just shut that off once you've learned to notice those things. So if you ever get a chance, look look up that wheel. It's just called, you know, the SEA flavor wheel or coffee flavor wheel if you get a chance to look at them. And if you do go do a cupping somewhere, don't be shy to Google that photo and take it with you on that um, journey of your first cupping because it's so, so, so helpful. <laughs> you know, just coffee. I think that's all we think of coffee as is coffee. <laughs> and so when you're forced to sit and be like, I don't know, is it a strawberry or is it cinnamon? Fuck. So it, it helps you navigate. Okay, we're going to stay in the sweets. It's a chocolate. Anyways, so that's, that's the flavor wheel. It's a lot of fun. I get pretty, pretty happy with it once we nail a good flavor note. So yeah, that's what a cupping is. It's just this whole tasting of coffee. Um, we develop all our roasts with it. We do it every single week. It doesn't take up space. You could try it at your house with the coffee you have. It, it's so simple in theory. And just work up. Try different chocolates. Try different coffees. Buy from different places so you're tasting you know, new things. Um, and don't be afraid to ask your baristas if you've been going to the same cafe every it doesn't even matter really if you're going to buy coffee somewhere and you know you stick to the same old same old maybe switch it up and talk to your barista and see what she has to say about the flavors and see you know like it's this whole trickle effect of me as a roaster communicating to the barista and the barista communicating it to you so you know don't be shy to reach out and also start that conversation because guaranteed that barista is gonna be excited you asked and gonna be excited to serve you coffee knowing wow they they paid attention to that oh you know like it, it it puts everybody in a good mood it's super fun and easy and I mean coffee is a part of so many of our days so to just learn a little bit more about it it, it feels good take take control of your coffee consumption <laughs> okay I think I think that's it for cupping. Um, next next episode, I want to talk about baristas and continue that conversation because I love them so much. Um, yeah, yeah. I th- I hope that made sense. Cupping. This episode was produced and edited by my friend Jacob Anstey, and he also did the original intro and outro music. And you can find him on Instagram at gene underscore daddy, and you can find Afternoon Bloom at Afternoon Bloom, and you can find me, Rachel Helm, at Helm Rach, if you feel like it. Let us know what you think. Let me know if you have any questions about this. I love your feedback. Thank you so much. I love you. (laughs) Bye. (laughs)